I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hello, Datables. Welcome to another episode of the Datable Podcast, where we are going to dissect everybody's motives when it comes to dating, but also eat all the turkey we can this week, <laughs> because it's the only week anybody's eating turkey. Am I right? Who else? Like, when else are you eating turkey? It is you a know, big week for us. A big week for all. Big week for turkeys. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners, first and foremost. But what are your Thanksgiving plans, UA? I don't think we've actually caught up on this even. No, we haven't. <laughs> 
my partner and I are going down to my parents' house and the four of us, plus our two dogs, are going to have a very festive Thanksgiving together. My mom really loves it when during the holidays, there seems to be a lot of commotion. She feels like you need a you need a noisy holiday. She always says that. Mm. feels more festive. So we're going to you know bring the dogs, obviously, because they're noisy. <laughs> and we're going to make all the sides, but my mom's going to make the goose. We're Ooh. not doing turkey. She's making a goose. So you will uh, not be having all the turkey. <laughs> well, I will still have turkey at someone's house. I just okay. know it. Okay. You know, there's going to be leftover turkey at someone's house. I will have turkey at some point this weekend. But on that actual day, we will be having goose and all the other fun sides. What about you, Julie? Um, I am going to my friend's mother's house. So I'm adopted into her home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I will lovely. not be traveling back, but she was kind enough to invite myself and my boyfriend and then one of her other friends and then her parents. So she said, expect to get really fucked up and to eat a lot of food. (laughs) Wait, the mom or the friend? uh, My friend said that. Oh man, I was hoping the mom said that. (laughs) But she might have said that too. I just I got it secondhand. But so it should be a good Thanksgiving. But also it is Hanukkah starting on Sunday this weekend. Is that early for Hanukkah? So Hanukkah comes on different times all yeah. the time. So usually it falls around Christmas. But no, it's very early this year. So Holy I will cow. also be I will be getting my cooking energy out by doing Hanukkah celebration. So wow, that's <laughs> kind of cool. So your holidays just never end. No, it's just gonna be a holiday weekend. And I think we're gonna go to the life size gingerbread house on opening weekend. There's gonna be a lot of good stuff going on this weekend. I love, I love the, the holiday holidays. decorations. <laughs> I was in New York for two weeks. And they just put up the tree at Rockefeller Center. They haven't lit it yet. But already you feel the holiday spirit. And I walked around the city and it was like so cold. You know, one of those typical New York about to turn winter weeks. And I just all of a sudden had this giddy energy about me. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, that holiday giddy energy of I don't even know what's to come, but I'm so fucking glad it's the holidays. (laughs) I'm so glad it's here. (laughs) I feel like it's stuck up this year, but we had the opportunity on this episode to talk to a hilarious comedian. Oh, so funny. And this episode could not be more perfect for Thanksgiving (laughs) because it's all about being a quote unquote leftover, which is when you've hit the ripe age of 30 in China and you are considered a leftover woman if you are not married. Yes, you heard that right. We've talked about this term maybe a few years ago, and she's made an entire stand-up bit around it. And it's so lovely because she is, you know, born and raised in China and coming to the States and putting on a fresh spin on this term that's just been so normalized in Chinese society, but also looked at with such crazy eyes in the US like what did you say <laughs> and she's so funny too the part that's funny is that I think it's just more out in the open like no one would ever say that mm-hmm. in the US but I do think it's deeply ingrained in our I would say limiting beliefs and deep-rooted fears that once we hit a certain age we're left over and undesirable mm-hmm. I don't think it's true at all but I do think there is some of that that seeps in in the US too it mm-hmm. might just not have that it might just not be like as out of the open as something you're called. leftover exactly yes. 
Yes, just spinster, you know, sounds good enough. Same thing, same thing. (laughs) But I think it's perfect timing for many reasons. One, leftovers obviously plays into Thanksgiving so well. But I also think a lot of people, while the holidays are super fun, there is stress that comes with the holidays too, especially if maybe you're not in the place you want to be for the holidays. Like, let's say you are single and you kind of fear that you're going to be the person that everyone's asking at the table. Why are you still single? or what's going on in your love life. I think there's a lot of that fear and we talk about it in this episode that a lot of it comes from our parents and family members just wanting the best from us. But mm-hmm. I think it if we're already feeling insecure or not happy about something, it can be stressful to be like, I have to face this head on. Yeah, and this is the time of the year where you do see those annoying family members <laughs> who have their own opinion of how your life should be lived. And let's not forget, even if you're not single, your family has other plans oh, yeah. for you. Why aren't you married? Why don't right. you have kids? It doesn't end. It doesn't end. Right. Why aren't you living together? Why are you living together? Yeah. There's always something. You right? can't do it anything does, right. Can't do you anything can't do right. Any, because everybody thinks that they know how to live your life the best, which is hilarious because they don't. So one of our moderators in our Facebook community love at the time of Corona, Tony, he has posted this last year as well. But apparently, I'm not a huge Twitter user, I'll be honest. But apparently in the Twitter community, there's a thing every year of Thanksgiving clapbacks. What does that mean? <laughs> it's basically, you know, like, what is like a witty, smartass response you could oh, give? Oh. I can give you an example. So one yes, of them, there's please. some memes and they'll probably find their way onto Instagram and other places. But you know, a clap back, right, is like, how do you give it back to someone? So like one example, I pulled up a few of the dating relevant ones that were coming up today. So the first one is auntie, that's your third plate question mark? Me, that's your third husband question mark? (laughs) Here's another one. Uncle, when are you going to get a girlfriend? Me, When are you going to tell your wife about yours? Wow. These are good. (laughs) They keep going. When are you going to settle down? When are you going to admit you settled? There's so many. Wow, these are so good. (laughs) So if you're looking for a way to give it back, I don't know if this is necessarily recommended advice. It's obviously more of a joke, but depends how, um, you know, sassy you want to get. Depends how (laughs) sassy you want to get on Thanksgiving. I always want to get a little bit sassy because the holidays bring out all the emotions in me. Yes, I'm happy and giddy, but I'm also like fucking annoyed and frustrated (laughs) with everybody around me. I get major anxiety and everybody starts me out, but I inadvertently clapped back at my mother today. Oh, okay. Clapbacks are starting. (laughs) I went to get Botox this morning. She was here and she said, did you know that if you had kids, you wouldn't have wrinkles? Because What? How is this even accurate? She said, kids give you so much joy that your wrinkles disappear. And then I pointed at her her very prominent (laughs) wrinkle on her forehead and I was like, I'm pretty sure I gave you that one. So, you know, I think I clapped back a little bit, but I like these. These are more of a zinger. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to read up on these. First of all, that is the most wildly untrue <laughs> statement I've ever heard. That is Absurd. like convenient theories for you. <laughs> Absurd. I was like I pretty I 
pretty sure that I would have double the wrinkles yeah, if I had fast. kids. Exactly. She just wants any opportunity to throw it in there. But Julie, you know, parents are like this too. Anybody who's had kids seems to have amnesia later down the line that yeah. they forget how stressful raising kids were. So then later they're like, it was so joyful. I had no wrinkles. It actually made me younger. I was a fucking Benjamin Button. And you're like, no. Remember when you told me you were miserable and depressed and you want to kill everybody? That's how you felt. <laughs> well, you're going to have to sass up your clap back because you might get a few more of those comments this Thanksgiving. <laughs> I can I can feel it in the air. <laughs> well, we're going to work on our clapbacks because that is related to our question for this episode. Someone wrote in and said, uh, the holidays are coming and they're very stressful for me because I am single for the first time in many years. <laughs> and I know my family will ask me why I'm single this year. What is a good response for them? Hey, where's that clap back? Let's bring out that handbook. It's so funny that you could be living your best life, but just by one question from your family member, it ruins your entire holiday. So first and foremost, don't let that happen to you. But also know that your life is your choice. So when family members ask you, why are you single this year? It's almost like you're the leftover. Nobody wants you. That's all implied. But you take that back and you control the conversation and say, I chose to be single for this holiday because I was in bad relationships in previous holidays. And guess what? This is the best holiday I've had in many years because I'm finally making choices for myself this year. Yeah, I I really do believe for the most part, not every family I don't know, but for the most part, it's coming from a good place. Yes. And I think I forget that sometimes. I know. I know. (laughs) And I think a lot of it is that, you know, like people want you to be happy. And sometimes we equate relationships to happiness or what you should be doing or where you should be in life. So I think it's all about really sharing like, hey, I totally know that you're concerned, but I'm super happy right now. So there's nothing to be concerned about. I'm actually living my best life or I'm doing whatever is making me happy right this minute. Insert all that. And I think also like, I love what you said, don't let it ruin your holiday. Even if people don't say things to you, we've heard this before from members of our community and our listeners is sometimes even like seeing their family that they're the only person and their siblings have children and families and they feel left out, that can trigger stuff for them. So I am a strong believer that every stage of life has its pros and cons and nothing is forever. Next year, you could be in a totally different place for better or for worse. And Mm -hmm. I think it's reminding yourself of what is the good in your current situation. Maybe it's after you've eaten a big ass meal, you can just go home and unbutton your pants and watch TV and you have no one to (laughs) answer to, right? Like there's there's always good in every situation or you can curl up and read a book or whatever it may be. And I think comparison is the thief of joy. I do love that quote because it's really easy to get sucked into what you should be doing or what others are doing instead of just appreciating what you have. And ultimately, Thanksgiving is about appreciation and gratitude. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So along the same lines, maybe you prepare three things that you got to do this year because you're single. Mm-hmm. And then that's your answer back. I'm oh, yes, I am single this year. I am so thankful I got to do A, B and C all because I'm single. Do you want to see pictures? <laughs> 
right? Yeah. Turn it into a positive, and then they'll have nothing to in response. In fact, they might be really envious of your life. There is this weird thing in society that people want everyone to be figured out. And by mm. being single, you're essentially not figure it out. Yeah, like, why don't we applaud people for, you know, understanding their self better or applaud mm. them for taking the time to find the right partner for them opposed to just any partner? Mm-hmm. And I think of like the analogy of the pie, right? It's like we want the whole freaking pie. And what better way to look at that apple pie on Thanksgiving and remind yourself that you're where you need to be right now and you want that whole pie and there's nothing wrong wrong with wanting a fulfilling life. And if you have a fulfilling life already, that's great because you could be like, look, I'm there. I just, you know, if I desire a relationship, I'll find that person eventually. And if, you know, you're not there, then it's an opportunity to like be like, how can I have that whole pie and have that fulfilling life? Mm-hmm. I'm getting hungry just thinking about that whole pie. <laughs> All the I pies. want that whole pie too. But that's a great way to give a response back to your family without clapping back. And it's just saying, I just haven't found someone that I want to make that whole pie with yet. So exactly. I've, I've decided to make it myself this year. Exactly. I'm looking for the whole pie, not just a slice of that pie. <laughs> Speaking of pie, Julie, we're going to move on to this next segment, which is called <laughs> Random Thoughts in UA's Head. But in, in New York, I was able to watch Waitress on Broadway. I don't know if you've oh, ever seen okay. that movie. And it was a, a book as well. It starred Carrie Russell. Yeah, I was going to Felicity. Ask. Yep. Yes. Everyone's like, who's um, Felicity again? I'm like, Carrie Russell is Felicity. That's not her actual name. Like, Felicity is not her actual name. So anyway, I forgot what the movie was about. But watching it on Broadway, it was just so beautifully acted and sung and dance, everything just beautifully performed. But the entire storyline is about this woman stuck in a bad marriage who Mm. finds out she's pregnant with her husband's kid Mm. and she feels even more stuck. So she feels like maybe I just have to accept this is my life. But once the baby is born, she comes to a different revelation about her life. And there's this one song in the Broadway musical um, called Dear Baby. And I don't Mm. don't have the lyrics in front of me, but it's she's writing a letter to her future child. And she said, dear baby, I hope you find someone who will hold you for 20 minutes without expecting a kiss back or you to talk back or anything back because they just want to be there for you and with you. It was more beautifully written than that. And that part made me cry because I kept thinking like in society um, from the outside, she's got her whole life figured out. You know, she's got the husband, she's she's pregnant. Her life is wonderful. Yes, she felt so stuck in Mm -hmm. where she was. And all she wanted was someone to just hold her without expecting anything back. Why the pie thing remind me of that is because by the end of the the musical, the whole theater smelled like apple pie. <laughs> I, it just You're like, this is the best thing ever. And she's, you know, she's making pies the whole yeah. time. That's her forte. So I really thought that was just so beautiful is that from mm-hmm. the outside, anybody's life can be perfect and can look perfect, but only you know what makes you happy and nobody else can tell you that. So take that control back this holiday season and build and create what brings you joy. Yeah. And I think that's why people get so hung up with these like milestones 
is because it makes it so simple to gauge where someone's at. Even though it's yeah. not accurate, it's it's much more difficult to really dig in with someone and see how they're doing, yeah. opposed to just being like, oh, are you engaged yet? That's like an easier thing to bring up, even though it really doesn't mean anything. Like if you're not happy in your relationship, then does it matter that you're in a relationship? Doesn't matter. But for yeah. whatever reason in society, it's still like some benchmark and some like finish line you've crossed. Yeah. Yeah, like you're accepted into this upper <laughs> echelon of society because you check this off your checklist. And that's, we know that's not the case. This is like what we've been preaching all along mm-hmm. on our podcast. So we hope that this holiday season brings you joy because you bring yourself joy and you are in control of that. But we do have a gift for all of you for yeah, Thanksgiving. We do. We do we- have a gift. <laughs> and it's not pie, sorry. <laughs> we can't mail pies out to all of you. Well, it's uh, against health regulations. <laughs> we would. That's if we the could. reason why we're not doing it, clearly. <laughs> So we hope you're listening to this before Thanksgiving, because starting Black Friday, we will be re-releasing our Finding Your Person program. This was a very popular program we released a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, The people who were part of this last cohort are just finishing up the programs, giving us space to welcome new members into the program. It is a six to 12 week program. You go at your own pace, but we've noticed from this last cohort, (laughs) people either take six weeks or a little bit longer. That's up to you. The entire program shepherds you along into finding your person. Julie and I have both used the same methodology to find Mm -hmm. our people, at least our people today, and that we're happy with. And we feel the need to share this with everybody else. So that is our gift to you. We're launching this on Black Friday, and it's going to be live from Black Friday, which is the 26th, all the way to the 30th of November. So it's not that many days that we're opening up the program for you all to sign up for it. Um, and then we will be closing cart midnight on the 30th, mm-hmm. midnight PST yeah. on the 30th. And again, it's just UA and I, so we do have to limit the amount of people. I think the amount we had last time, 50 people was perfect. Mm-hmm. We were able to have really good group calls that weren't too crowded. We were able to kind of help shepherd people through and check in on people as they're doing the program. Honestly, I think the biggest gift I got this season was seeing the progress that people made Mm. like the last check-in for some of the people that have made it all the way through we asked like on a scale of one to ten how good are you feeling about finding your person and a lot of the responses have been like eight nine ten i'm like this is freaking amazing and just you know like feeling that way and like understanding i think a lot of people either identified the real root cause of what was going on for them or got more clear on what was going on for them. And mm-hmm. that's really the deeper work. And of course, we do all the stuff of how to navigate dating apps and meet new people in real life. It's really a breadth of material. I really believe it is our best material we've ever created. So I'm super excited that we're getting the opportunity to share it with more people for Black Friday. It's very much related to this episode, too, because it's all about taking control of your story and your narrative. Mm-hmm. And our guest today, Bernice, basically respun this word leftover, and she made it her own and created her own narrative around it. Mm-hmm. So we hope that you all can change your narrative, too, like Julie and I were able to do. And you can find out more about this program by going to findingyourperson.com. That's it. Very mm-hmm. simple. We will be sending this out to people on our wait list only. So make 
make sure to join that waitlist. You can even do that today. Yay. Awesome. I think that's good for announcements today. At Datable Podcast is our Instagram too. You can always connect with us there. And let's hear it for a few of our sponsors for this episode. Support for Datable is brought to you by Incipio. Incipio offers legendary protection for all of your devices from phones to AirPods to tablets. They obsess over their tech to protect yours. It's like Incipio's line of products was made for me because with their phone cases, my phone is protected from drops as high as 14 feet. The cases are also wireless charging compatible and there's a lifetime warranty. So they've got you covered. I have the Organic Core Clear Case, which is made up of 100% compostable materials that reduces landfill waste by naturally re-entering the environment from where it started. All the packaging is made out of 100% recyclable materials with eco-friendly water-based ink. Now for Datable listeners only, we have a special offer. These incredible cases are now available for purchase at incipio.com and you can use the code DATABLE for 20% off. That's I-N-C-I-P-I-O.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 20% off. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is no surprise Julie and I are huge fans of therapy, especially online therapy, and BetterHelp can do exactly just that. They match you with your own licensed therapist and connect you in a safe and private online environment. I was able to start communicating with my therapist in less than 48 hours, super fast. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Their licensed professionals specialize in everything from stress management, uh, anxiety, trauma, dating, and grief. We at Dateable wish for all of you to live a happier, more wholesome life, and we think therapy and prioritizing your mental health will accomplish that. So as our listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash dateable. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Okay, let's hear it from Bernice, all about the leftovers. I still remember when I turned 25 and I went back to China, to Beijing to visit my family. And I remember my little cousin joking that I was now a leftover woman. She's like, you're leftovers now. (laughs) When you turn 25? At 25. I was single at 25, living my best life. And she was like, you're a leftover now. My little cousin, she was like 16 or 15 at the time. I couldn't believe it. And I didn't know what that term meant during that time. But now for sure, you know, my whole family talks about it. So Bernice, who's our guest for this episode, (laughs) did a bit all about the leftover woman, that phenomenon in China. But who is Bernice? She is in her late 30s, currently lives outside of Seattle, sort of in, I don't even know where, Kamano Island. Nobody knows. Sounds exotic. (laughs) Originally from China. Where in China, Bernice? Um, You know, it's from Wuhan. I know. Uh I need to explain where that is. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's pretty not famous. famous now. Yep. <laughs> she is engaged and she's a comedian. And, you know, the, your bit, maybe we should just play a little bit when we post this on our social media, was mm-hmm. so wonderful the way you kind of explained it. But it is a real thing in China, even though people joke about it, that when I was 25, that was kind of the cutoff that you're, if you're single and over 25, you're a Xiongnu. But now, if you're 30, right, they kind of push back the age a little bit. So if you're 30, <laughs> 
come out with other jibes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's just not realistic. You're just it's still not... in school, whatever. <laughs> right. You, yeah, you don't even know what the hell is going on. But they push back the age, which I do appreciate, but 30 is still pretty young. Mm-hmm. But let's just go in and talk about this, what this idea of the leftover woman means. You got engaged in 2020. Tell us a yeah. little bit about you and your fiance and how did you meet each other before we get into how you're not no longer a leftover <laughs> woman. <laughs> uh, we actually, you know, like we met uh, online, you know, when we met, I I think I was already 34 already, you oh, know. so and, old. <laughs> and, and, and he is 43 and we met online and then that's the time uh, I just got out of uh, a long-term relationship and then we met on match. Oh, I know it's so embarrassing, but hey, <laughs> not I, at all. I was like, I was like, you know what? I just want to go on somebody who can afford a monthly subscription. I want to move out. <laughs> Has hey, their own that's Netflix. A good way to scan, to scan, right? <laughs> yeah. So we, we we dated for like a, a year and a half or so, um, and then uh, yeah, he uh, uh, when he proposed, and I don't know how much we're getting, but that's the overall uh, quick answer. And then, what was your dating life like before him? Before him is uh, interesting because I feel like the the long term relationship I had was five years, so that was mm. a kind of like. I feel that's a really golden time of my life. I was, you know, really like established who I am. Before that, I think I did online dating or meeting in person. I was just trying to find myself there. So, you know, growing up in China, nobody, we don't date, right? Like our parents, Mm -hmm. you can't date, you cannot date, you cannot be seen together with a boy. Mm -hmm. So there's like, I don't even know how to process this. So when I came to America, there is that insecurity. And growing up, like everybody said, you're ugly you're fat and so in 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 america when people were treating you nice you were like oh i'm okay. oh so yeah <laughs> you're just trying to learn your standard you know like it's not like the first yeah. person saying you're pretty then you're like ah, i like you mm. <laughs> so there's that phase when i was younger definitely just trying to learn who i am and mm. i think when i was in that fire relationship i had a healthy beginning but then um, my boyfriend at the time when he quit his job and he wanted to do his own game he's very talented so it was very supportive but then it became one thing direct to another I supported him for three years mm, right he does not have wow. any income and I was like financially supporting him but also I was doing all the house uh, a lot of the house responsibility that he wasn't helping so it came, became a very unhealthy it's not a healthy balance that we are mm. uh, and so when I got out that relationship my is like okay uh, I just want to first have fun <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to like establish a criteria of like I don't want to date losers anymore I want to make sure that the next person I met it's like meet the standard and also I can be authentic of who I am Yeah, Bernice, I, I feel <laughs> I feel like I'm already having all these light bulbs go off in my head because you're helping me process also my early adulthood. And it makes so much sense because in Chinese culture, you're, you don't grow up with validation. So when mm. you do get validation, it becomes really uncomfortable. And what Chinese people love to do is they love to, when they see you, they love to tell you how you're different from the last time they saw you. You got taller, <laughs> you got shorter, you got fatter, you got skinnier. Oh, yes, you're, ne- yes. you're never just right. You're always like, something about you is off. And it That's like Jewish parents too. <laughs> 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 
There we go. That's why we get along so well. So it kind of makes sense that when you do, when you're trying to work through your values and your standards, you're like, is this just basic good human behavior? Mm -hmm. Or does this person actually like me and I should like them back? Right. Exactly. I feel like one of our like community members who's Asian said, you are basically told don't ever date. And then it's like, where are the grandchildren? Yeah. And they're like, how, why don't our families and you know, everyone understand that there's a lot that happens in between the two. How did you kind of deal with, you know, being back single after the five year relationship and now entering probably like territory of being in this quote unquote older bucket leftover (laughs) stage? I just feel so lucky that that period of time I am in America. Like it just, I can't imagine yes. if I lived in China at that time. Because in China also like strangers can get into a business. Like here there is a boundary mm-hmm. you set, right? Like hey, mm-hmm. none of business, shut up. But then in China it's like a stranger on the street. They can say, oh, why? <laughs> like I was wearing a tank top in May once in Beijing. And there's a random person on the street. So, Aren't you cold? <laughs> Always. Always. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then like aunties, uncles, they were saying, well, you, oh, I know a guy, you should go on a date. They would just harass you forever. So first of all, like, I'm just very glad I'm here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I think there's something good as a distraction for my parents is that they went through, actually, from the beginning when I grew up, they were always fighting. So mm-hmm. they they fight, but my mom is also like, she she's very busy. She's always hanging out with her aunties. She tried to start a dance troupe, whatever. So she She's very busy. So I will call her on the time that I know she's not going to pick up. You know, like you're supposed Mm -hmm. to call your parents, but there's a time (laughs) difference. So I will pick up the time to call and it's her fault that she couldn't she missed my call <laughs> so I, I paid my duty of calling her <laughs> did you think that she would like give you shit is that like why you were kind of avoiding the call a bit um it's more like reduce the frequency so like mm. you know I will talk to her enough give her the update but then you know like for my mom it's really hit and miss sometimes she's so positive she was like okay <laughs> thank you for oh good you were dating this guy the next time you call her it's like well this guy not good his job is not good and oh, when are you getting married then like if I reduce the frequency <laughs> <laughs> chances are there's less harassment yeah. less harassment I always like to say that uh, Chinese moms have amnesia because you tell them one thing and they're like good that sounds good next time you talk to them they talk about the exact same thing over again they always like to revisit yep. old issues for some reason so when did it did you ever feel any sort of pressure from your parents now that you're at an age to get married and have kids? Definitely. I feel like now is actually better because even in my late 30s, they they almost like have this give up feeling, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's almost like their friends give up on them to harassing about me. Like their friends almost like, oh my, there's no point. And then they're like, okay, we gave up. But I feel like in my early 30s, you know, like the the, the period you're just entering that leftover Mm. women phase, I feel that's the one they have the most pressure because uh, of all my cousins, right? Like my grandparents, all the grandkids, they are married, they have kids. Oh my God, my cousins have two kids already. So mm-hmm. at 
this point, I feel like grandparents, their wishes has been fulfilled.、Mm. But then before that phase, I'm the only one. So like everybody's like, when what's the deal? When I'm getting married?、Uh, the only thing that kind of held my parents back is because when I was with my ex, my parents visited me. They visit, they stay with me from China for three months. Wow.、So、they, they lived with me, and they were like, even though they want me to get married, but they were like, this guy, we're just not、mm. sure. Uh-huh. I'm really not sure, and then because when they visited,、uh, he didn't really try to communicate with my parents, and then、mm. my parents see I have just take such a heavy load on the on the household and everything. So when they went back to China, their number one priority is not to get me married. The number one priority is like you should break up with this guy.、Mm. Ah, well, so that means your parents weren't desperate enough yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, they weren't like, oh, any guy, let's round them up. But they actually have standards. For you, that's nice、yeah. to hear. Well, because I think they were in an unhappy marriage、mm. for the longest time, and、uh. my mom was like not forced, but kind of like guilted into a、uh, arranged marriage somewhat. Because it's a blind date set up by my、uh, grandma, and then my grandma just like, oh, you should really marry this guy. Don't hold back. And so my mom, you know, they didn't know how to date either, so they got married, and my mom was very unhappy for a very、mm. very long time. So、mm. she understood it's worse to get. Into a miserable marriage. Yeah, that's good.、Mm-hmm. So would she? Okay. So knowing that, did she, how like often? Like I guess if you were to talk about like you know you have say you have like five phone calls with her, how often would she bring up your single status? Was it something、mm. that came up frequently? I think she she my mom is actually very smart. She tread water with me. So <laughs> so she would as a how are things? You know, like she will.、Uh-huh. Um, I think she usually have an agenda, but then she、mm. will kind of. See okay if things are good or bad if you're not ba- like if there's something that's not going so well and it's like yeah like I told you yeah this is not a guy just get rid of him like he she will patrol that direction and、mm-hmm. sometimes and if things are going well then she will say oh so have you thought about next step and、okay. what are you waiting for so kind of she、uh, here and then she push the water in the direction it's already going Julie does your mom do the same no、Ever? my mom、Never. is so not this way. Like I know, I mean, I know a lot of our listeners. This is why we want to do this topic too. Is a lot of our listeners say that they get a ton of pressure from their parents, even、mm. in America where we don't have. I want to hear one of you say the Chinese term again, but we don't have like the leftover, leftover culture.、Yeah. But I feel like there's still a pressure when you hit thirty that people feel right that they、yeah. should be settled down, they should be you know thinking about having kids. Like there's all this pressure that's societal, or a lot of times it is family too. I personally have not had it,、uh, which has been great. Like I've definitely kind of been drilled in more to like take care of yourself first, and I think that comes from like my parents' background also.、Mm-hmm. That's、awesome. that's it's good. Yeah, it's definitely good to have understanding parents, and you could still have understanding parents who give you pressure.、Mm-hmm. Feel、yeah. like my mom is、yeah. that she always has an agenda whenever she calls me, but it always <laughs> starts out with. How are things going? Things、yeah. are good. Are you? What did you eat? Are you fed? And then it's like, when am I going to see my grandkid? Right? And、yeah. it's like it goes from zero to sixty <laughs> really fast. 
So it's it's the way they deliver this information. I was going to say, okay, so I know Yue is an only child. Are yeah. you an only child also, Bernice? Or mm-hmm. do you have siblings? I am. I think that's a big difference because mm. my brother met his wife at 22. Right. So she kind of had that on one side. Right. I could see if you don't have that at all, this is like your only hope. So there's a lot of True. pressure on that one person. But recently I had a kind of a Tiffany moment with this. Uh, so to lead into that, like, so I told my parents a, a, a while ago, actually it took many years to get them to on board finally. It's like, I don't want kids. And then mm. like, mm. you know, for Chinese parents to be on board and then go with you on that is actually very difficult. But I think what's yeah. ultimate changed is their definition of happiness. Because mm. I think I think for Chinese parents, like the traditional way of the definition of happiness, I don't know if, uh, yeah, do you speak Chinese? Yeah, Oh, I like, do. It's like the, the completion. Mm. It's like you have family, you have mm-hmm. grandkids, right? Like you have four mm-hmm. generations in the house. So there's uh, that traditional view. That's the definition of happiness. So I think for my parents for the longest time, they just feel it's incomplete for mm, me, right. my life. And so they are projecting that idea of like how the life should be. And they worry. Right. Well, I think that's where it's coming from with a lot of family pressure, right? It's yeah. like, this yeah. is how I did it. This is how society says you're supposed to do it. What's wrong with you because you're not doing it? Yeah. 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 And you must not be happy. Yeah. Right. Of it. right. Yeah. And my parents, what happened is they had, they were in a very unhappy marriage for a long time. But uh, all of a sudden, you know what? They are in love again. It's so crazy. Oh. They were in love in their late 60s, like mid, like 65. And they started to travel. I think they gave up on the hope of me getting married and having kids and then they were like you know what fuck it like you know other of their friends are like taking care of the grandkids they're like we're going to yeah. travel yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of the same benefits right if you're like an adult that doesn't have kids you have yeah. more of the freedom and luxury to yeah. do all that stuff and that's so very telling <laughs> it's very telling of Chinese culture where we spend our lives pleasing other people and it's always about other people's happiness so your parents are trying to make sure you're happy you're trying to please them mm. And ultimately, you forget what it makes you happy. So it's so nice to see that your parents have finally become, quote unquote, selfish to focus yeah. on their own happiness. Yeah. I love that neither of you are happy in that process. Yeah. It's like neither, a you're like, cycle yeah. of trying to make each other it's, happy. It's a loose, loose situation. It's like giving up that expectation. Because I think for them is they finally realize we're we're like 65, okay? And then we're not going to get divorced and then find another person again. So they gave up the expectation of the mm. other person. All of a sudden, they accepted each other and they said to go travel they had a lot of fun like nowadays they're taking pictures like having like love on the rock you know? wow <laughs> I, I will send you a picture I will send you a picture later it's like oh so my they, God. they dance they do TikTok dance it's crazy what? yeah <laughs> They will send me like I, I, my dance doesn't go nearly as popular as theirs, and so like obviously <laughs> I love it. They're having like a rebirth. <laughs> yeah, rebirth, and I feel like they have a new understanding of this happiness. It doesn't have to be the same path as everybody else, and then they start to mm. accept my own way of living. So that's very beautiful. I think that's that's like the nail on the head. That's where it comes from. Is that mm-hmm. I think a lot of times parents think that you'll be happy this way, and they mm-hmm. really just want to make sure, but. 
but I feel like, especially, you know, as we're at Thanksgiving too, <laughs> it's a lot of people dread going home for the holidays, yes. you know, because they're like that inevitable question of, are you seeing anyone? Or, you know, like, why are you still single? And it's coming from this place of wanting to help, but it's basically doing the exact opposite. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so while we kind of glazed over, uh, or gl- not glazed, glossed over, is that the term? Anyway, you're just thinking about Thanksgiving. I I'm get just thinking it. about Thanksgiving <laughs> and donuts and turkey. So we kind of glossed over the term of a shengnu, which mm-hmm. literally translates to leftover woman. Bernice, can you tell us when was the first time you heard about this term and what was your reaction? What was the context in which you found out? Okay. Uh, I feel like I heard of it when I was in China. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I, I heard it before I was 30. And then at the time, I almost feels like, I, I don't know, I'm trying to remember, right? Like a, first of all, I just feel like when you were in that culture, you're almost not surprised. You're almost yeah. not surprised. Like your cousin, like 16, and then you will call some someone older. It's like, yeah, like at the time, just feel like 30 is a hella old. <laughs> like yeah. when, when you're young and you feel like, yeah, I hope I'm like married when I'm 30, whatever, mm-hmm. right? So I wasn't surprised and then it's almost like when I'm in America I almost forgot about this until mm. the, the term surfaced in my head again and then pretty happy and now I'm a, a left toward women and then like I think it's only the perspective of living in America to see how women can be so much happier independent of having our own place and to go back and look at what I was just took it for granted like I said yeah yeah of course it's left toward women I didn't think that's wrong whatever and then now it's like wow that's terrible and then mm. and then the thing is like I looked it up right uh, for men over 30 there you could say left women but nobody used that term but instead they call it uh, what is it uh, like oh my god uh, and then it's like a diamond single man or golden bachelor well that's like in the US I mean I think it's not as pronounced here but there is like the spinster when you're over 30 and then like the bachelor when you're oh, over yeah. 30 you know and that's again one is very derogatory and one is almost like praising yeah it's almost praising and for anybody hearing this term for the first time if you're not offended enough I will just <laughs> go into why this term is so offensive even more because there's an implication that it's out of your control you were left over mm. by other people it wasn't like your choice to be single right mm. yeah, leftovers yeah, yeah. are like that other picked. people oh. have left you you weren't picked but as a golden bachelor it's like that's your choice i choose to be single so it takes the power away from women and it makes it made me when i heard the term feel like oh i'm a loser that you know this is out of my control and nobody wants to pick me it's just like, are we back in the 1920s? It feels so <laughs> archaic. Yeah, and I remember when I was in school, like, you know, because I went to Peking University and they will, like, they will always say, like, well, but for girls, you don't want to appear too smart because you were going to be leftover women. Like, basically, wow. you'll be, who wouldn't want you, go for you, you're going wow. to be leftover, you know? Wow. So I did you internalize that. any of this or were you kind of just like, fuck it? Like, did you, like, when you were single, did you feel like something? 
something was wrong, or were you just embracing it? I wasn't thinking. So the part when I was in China, I wasn't thinking so much about that much. And also, like when I grew up in China, I was totally tomboy. So like,、mm. um, I was behaving pretty much like a boy or man. Like I just don't even think I was a girl. Like it's a.、Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like nowadays, I feel like I went backwards as everybody else in the U.S. Right? Like straight people, they're like, ah, I'm. A, I'm fluid, but I feel like when I was a <laughs> when I was in China, I was totally like a butch lesbian thinking, like at least. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, sure, I don't care, I don't need to be liking boys, but like I was dating. Now I still need to hide because people will. I came to America when I was twenty one, so that's the age、mm. people will still shame you if you're dating. You're supposed to hide, so、mm. I didn't get any sort of pressure at that point. But when when I'm in America, I I I feel like it took me a long time to get a get away from that mentality. It's almost like I don't want people to see I'm dating,、uh, even though there's nobody watching me anymore.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, so I'm so confused as someone that's you know culturally maybe <laughs> removed. So basically, when you're twenty. Twenty-one, you're told not to date,、right. you're hiding、yeah. it. But then by thirty, you're expected to be married. Oh no, no, no! Like- by twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as you graduate from college, how, how would that even happen? Is it just setups? Is that really what it is? I think it's also the PDA part of it. So, like,、mm-hmm. it's almost when I was in college. So that was between sixteen, seventeen to twenty-one, right? It's okay. You have a boyfriend. You have a girlfriend. That's kind of normal. It's expected. But then, like, if you kiss, that's like whoa! Like, like almost、mm. like you need to remove that image. Like, as if you just still holding hands. That's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then they don't want you to think that oh 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 my god this person is having sex oh my、right. god like that is untalkable you know it's、yeah. so funny though because there is something so much more wholesome about being married and having sex right it's like for、yeah. procreation but、yeah. if you're single and dating there's like this promiscuous vibe you know it's either that people either think you're having no sex or if you are having sex there's this feeling of like you're you're doing something wrong. Yeah, at least you know I because I was also like maybe older too in in China that time is more conservative. I think now people are more open though.、Mm. I think it's getting there, but it's still <laughs> there's still a lot of brainwashing that's going on and a lot of shaming around not married and having kids. So、oh, yes, I don't know the stats because China would not release these stats. But you could be in a long term relationship with someone and have the intentions of marrying them, but if you have a child out of wedlock, you're Your family would make you get an abortion. Wow, more more times than not, this happened、yeah. to someone in my family where she had been dating her boyfriend for six years. They were going to get married later that year. She got pregnant because also sex education does not exist in China, so though、yes. nobody knows, like right、yes. there, people are having sex and they're like, "I got pregnant. How did that happen?" <laughs> <laughs> so、yes. sex education is not happening. And then she got pregnant, and they made her get an abortion. They got married later that year. And then had a kid a year after that, and that was okay. Wow! So there's just so much shame around the technicality of it all.、Yes. You have to be married in order to have kids. Yeah,、mm. it's very, it's really fucked up. Even if you've been with someone for like a、Is、decade, it, yeah, it's so much shame associated with it. Yeah, I do think that also exists in the states for、too. sure. Yes, I think there、yeah. is like a lot of areas that you know there is that very. I mean, we know that from you know just in certain states, abortion is not okay and looked at as. 
was, you know, the cardinal sin. But then even just even in the most liberal of areas and cities and stuff, there's still this pressure, right? Like, where Mm -hmm. is that? I guess I'll direct it to both of you, but maybe Bernice first. Like, where do you Mm -hmm. think that pressure is coming from, even in the states where I I mean, I know we don't go around talking about like leftover women here, but there still is this like feeling of there's something wrong once you hit a certain age. Yeah, let's see. I feel like in in this area, I'm observing a almost like a going the opposite way a little bit. I will yeah. talk about that later. Um, but I also feel like there is a sense of like uh, women as we age will our value value yes we appreciate and then men their value goes up i think your your family your friends were just people will not say it out loud anymore right, right. <laughs> but then they still feel like oh you're you're beautiful you're young but then as you get older older like so much of our value is associated with our appearance or sex appeal and all that stuff I, that's how i feel but also that you're you're married to friends like so we all friends right like, and then your married friends, they get married, they have kids, and they are also projecting about like, oh, you got to like, I guess not projecting, but it's almost it's difficult to hang out with your married friend. They just went to a different world. Right. You know, if they're married with kids and you have you're single. So there is a sense of being left alone. It's harder to make friends. And the, the lifestyle, you kind of depart from some of the, the long time friendship you have as well. There's some peer pressure. Mm-hmm. But in, in Seattle and in Portland, and there's something interesting because like there's a part of my stand-up I talk about I'm engaged and it used to be people would applaud and now people are just like um, I think it's either they're like <laughs> they're trying to say oh getting married uh, or like just like let's wait if she's married to a man or a woman because if it's a woman we're going to applaud but a man that's like <laughs> fuck that <laughs> You know, there's too this, traditional. There's, yeah, yeah. They're just like in in Seattle, it's so progressive and liberal. Mm-hmm. And there's a people about like, uh, if you're just doing the traditional thing about getting married, and it's like, I I'm not so into that. There's that as well. Mm. Oh, so we're kind of almost like overcorrecting the yeah. other way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. I could <laughs> definitely see that in like San Francisco, also yeah. for sure. I was yeah, like, what happened like... to love is love, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right, Not if traditional. You don't I mean, it's like, anymore. <laughs> you're like ashamed for being straight these days. Right? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. I, I like men. I know. Gross. <laughs> I think yeah. both of the points you brought up, though, like I think there is this misogyny that comes from it and just like the traditional aspect of, you know, that there is this belief system that you lose prospects the older you get and, mm-hmm. you know, everyone settled down. So I do agree with you, too, about the friends and whoever is in your orbit. And that might be less societal pressure, but it is a pressure because it's on your day to day almost even more. And I think like you do start to notice like the gaps of lifestyle, mm-hmm. because I think when we're in our 20s, everyone's kind of all doing the same thing. And then once we hit our 30s, people start to really deviate in all sorts of directions. So if you happen to be with friends that are all in one direction, and you're in another, and maybe it's the same, maybe if all your friends are single, and you're the one loaned married person, you would also feel like you were kind of in a different leftover over state or maybe not leftover, but just in a different world. Yeah. Or just like nobody's really leftover, right? That's all of our choices. There are choices that we make mm-hmm. and it's not in the hands of someone else who ate us for dinner and didn't want us the next day. That's not 
how it works, but I do often think about how these terms are started, who starts them, Mm -hmm. and then how do they even catch on? How do they become viral? How do they become part of pop culture? And Bernice, have you thought about this a little bit for China specifically? Who do you think made up this term? Mm, Well, I mean, definitely a man. (laughs) (laughs) You think? Um, it sounds like something people will, like, I just feel it's, I, I don't know. Okay, in my head, this is the image I have. A guy <laughs> got dumped, um, you know, and <laughs> by a woman and then, like, just <laughs> very upset and just went online to write an internet, like, a, what, an internet novel, like a... Like a blog. Micro, yeah, like a blog saying, it's like, a, you know, she will be leftover woman. Like, I just use it. But then, like, I feel like that is very easy to catch on. Like, something that shows up on the internet I'm t- mm. completely making this up so but okay. like in my head I just have that image you know like and then that went online and uh, people <laughs> like yeah yes she's a leftover woman fuck her whatever went like, viral um, <laughs> thing, it's like you know Mark Zagenberg couldn't find date and he started a Facebook you know like there's a lot of <laughs> Yeah, it's all about the dirty men that can't get women. That's clearly where it all stems from. Yeah, whenever the ego get attacked, yeah. and the the defense, the, the mechanism is to kind of putting other side down, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's the ego, the hurt ego, ego that mm-hmm. started it, but it's yeah. also the jaded women that perpetuated it, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the the man probably got hurt. He's like, I'm gonna make up this term, but it's he caught some women at the right time who are probably just turned thirty or whatever. And felt down on their luck, felt bad that they were single and were like, exactly. Now there's a term for it. Misery loves company. So I'm going to keep perpetuating this term and I'm going to call other women this term. And what is beautiful, though, is in recent years in China, some feminists have taken this term back and said, yeah, sheng yu could mean leftover, but sheng also could mean heavenly kind of um, mm. yeah. uh, queen-like. I think that's <laughs> a one way of describing it. So they've retained taken the term back and yep. said, nope, no more leftover. We are powerful queens who have it. chosen to be single. Okay, let's pause here for now for a message. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. 
With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, Neil is going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like in the U.S., though, just bringing it back to here also, I think it all stems from romantic comedies. I think that's where this, like, statement came from of, Mm. you know, like, you need to be married or whatever by a certain age. Like, I feel like there's been so many shows that kind of reinforce that stereotype, too. And I feel like a lot of them don't even exist anymore. Like, I can't even remember the last time where I've seen that, like, very traditional romantic comedy that, you know, like, kind of the credits end when the two people get together like that doesn't really exist as much Mm -hmm. yeah romantic comedies are (laughs) they fucked us for sure but you know like kind of like what bernice is saying we're kind of going the other direction so you don't see those romantic comedies in fact you see the opposite of those storylines and non-traditional relationships so it's nice to see that Mm -hmm. i just thought about this and it completely escaped me because i asked you for the root of the term and I think I do know the root of the term. Oh, tell me. Because we grew up in this one-child policy, right? Yeah. Because there was a population problem. They had to control it. Now, there's way more single men than women because so many women have chosen to choose career and education over having kids. Oh, my God. Getting married and having kids. So the government was like, oh, we're fucked up because now we're going to have a reverse population issue. Nobody's procreating. So we're going to create this term to make women feel guilty for not getting married. There we go. I think that's the root. Okay. Is that where it came from? That's yeah. That's actually I even remember more reading somehow. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, if it's yes. like infused by the government, I feel like that's way more fucked than some random guy that's heartbroken writing a Julie, blog. Julie, welcome to China. Everything <laughs> is. You, everybody's fucked up by the government. Yeah, <laughs> because I remember the the pressure. Okay, now it's clicking. Yes, the, the leftover <laughs> women. Back. Yeah, because like um, they wanted to pressure you to get married. Because also there's a trend of more and more women like when you work mm-hmm. like want to have their ind- financial independence and stuff and then it's still not working right and then, so the government did this a two child policy thing yeah and, and did a three child policy they and nobody the- wants to have kids no <laughs> nobody <laughs> yeah so I like in your set one of the things that I really liked about it was like how you said you know your friend asked if you were going to get permission your mm-hmm. fiance yeah. was going to get permission to marry you yeah and you kind of like laughed at it like oh how is God. that <laughs> permission like literally that's my mom would pay him to take me like <laughs> <laughs> 
like okay so this, so this is how conversation went right like i told my mom like i'm taking the boyfriend home my mom just said like what boyfriend i mean just like when you come home and she felt so embarrassed i'm taking home a boyfriend and she's like when you come home just tell that you are married already <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I have to negotiate with her. I was like, oh, I mean, actually, before that, she's like, oh, your grandma, she's dying. Like, you have oh, to, no. you have to, like, she's guilting. Oh, no. And then, of course, like, my grandma, two grandmas, they're fine. They're fine. They're healthy. <laughs> they're, fine, no, right? they're not dying. <laughs> yeah, they just want to guilt me. Like, you you just got to see farewell. Like, when yeah. the grandparents oh, yeah. are dying, you got to have a wedding to make sure all your grandkids are getting married. So that's how she was trying to, it's like, okay, just make sure you're married. Except your grandma's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I have to negotiate with her because one of the things my mom have nagging me is like, oh, I've been to so many Chinese weddings because at Chinese wedding, you give people money. Yes. And she's like, I'm broke from yes. giving people money. She's like, yes. when, you, when are you going to get married so I can get my money back, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. My parents say those words verbatim. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so funny. I, so I have to negotiate with my mom. I said, well, don't you want your money back? Like, we need to have a Chinese wedding. So how about just like only grandma, tell grandma, that I'm we're engaged uh, but don't tell anyone else and of course when we showed up everybody congratulations for engagement oh my god yeah and there was yeah, no yeah. engagement yet. no no there's no engagement I was so oh my mad god. I was what so is mad. your fi- what is your now fiance think <laughs> So what happened is this whole time I'm sheltering him from all the Chinese conversation, right? Like he wanted to learn some Chinese. I was like, uh, I don't want you to learn Chinese. Your fiance is American? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's white. Okay. Yeah. So so he wanted to learn Chinese, but I only teach him very basic, like how, like good. I just like, <laughs> just like good to everything. <laughs> And eat. <laughs> good yeah, and eat. eat. <laughs> yeah, good and eat. So basically, at, the com- at the, all the lunches and dinners, people are cheering toast to us for wow. our engagement. Oh, my God. I, I would just say, okay, just a drink. Just drink. And, and then I would tell him how upset I was. I said, okay, I can't believe my mom did this. And everybody said, <laughs> well, I was pissed. I was very, very upset. But of course, this whole time, he was planning on proposing to me. Like, I don't oh. know. I didn't know. So he's almost like trying to almost, in his heart, He's thinking the whole time to my mom, say, like, just chill, just chill. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's coming. It's happening. It's happening. Did, did your mom, like, how, did she have, or what about your dad? Like, where is he at this? Does he <laughs> give you the pressure? <laughs> yeah. like, what's his opinion? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my dad. I think he he's so traumatized by my last boyfriend, and oh. he <laughs> he just want me to be end up with somebody. Like mm. basically, there's a bar. He said, "Okay, this guy is not good for this reason." He wants to have a checklist to watch out for me, and he's like, "Okay, mm. this guy is good for this. He's you know taking care of us. He's respect for us. He's funny. He's trying to communicate with us." So for him, he's trying to say, "Okay, I give the thumb up to this guy." So. Mm. Um, he wasn't protective. trying to yeah he's being protective he's kind of keeping an eye on for me but my my dad and um and my fiance his name is rich and they had a really good moment because i think even though they don't speak uh the language with the help of some translation a google translate they really clicked because <laughs> they like photography oh, they like some of the common great. interests yeah, interesting. Um, so they had some really fun moment they danced together you know they sang oh, nice. together yeah we, we like my mom put of the Chinese karaoke and then, then wow. <laughs> yeah and then my mom was dancing and then like Rich was singing so like there's some like really 
fun moments that happen. Yeah. You know what's so fascinating is like you're it sounds like your mom is just trying to please her mom. Like it's just like this perpetual cycle of mm-hmm. pleasing because like you were saying earlier that you know like she wasn't even that much like oh you should get married because she wasn't super happy in her marriage then. Now she obviously is. But it sounds like it's almost like I need to make sure like my mom, your grandmother is okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to like go that extra mile to make sure that it works and they're they're happy. My mom is a very interesting character because I think for her, she's a, she's non-traditional. Like she's kind of a rebel of her own. Mm. But in the meantime, because of she's surrounded with all the traditional mm. value and her friends and the family. So she's never jumped out of it. So even though she will feel happy when she's just being herself and she has very strong personality, she's also, she knows what she's supposed to behave, supposed to feel Got happy, mm. her, her duty for the family. So I feel like I see the both sides of her coming to play. Yeah, You know what's so fascinating is I feel like that actually sums up where a lot of us, even in the States, are uncomfortable. It's mm-hmm. like there is this side of us that feels okay being single and even potentially happier being single and mm-hmm. loving our life, but then also this traditional side that you should get married and have children and all that. And it's a constant tug of war sometimes. And I think that ultimately is what makes us unhappy over that we're just, you know, not with someone potentially. And this is why this moment is so important to us because our parents grew up in a generation where they do see the rebellious side, but they can't act upon it because Mm -hmm. it's life or death for them. You know, they need the shelter, they need the family, they need all the traditions. And we are the first generation to actually act on the Mm -hmm. rebellious, the non-traditional side. And if we don't fucking do it, our kids are going to have to take that on. So we might as well be the first generation to carve that path so it won't be as hard for our kids, right? I love it. Were they, like, how accepting were they of you having an American fiancé? Like, were they okay with that? They were like, finally, she's, you know, moving on and getting married? Or did they prefer you to be with someone from China? You know, the best part of uh, being 36 is like... (laughs) Anything else? They can be picky. They can be picky. I totally feel that as well. The <laughs> drop. They're like, finally, someone. Yeah, finally, someone. Yes. <laughs> and when is the wedding? Uh, we pushed, like, because, like, uh, it was supposed to be September 2020. We push it to this year, September, and then we push it next year, July. And oh, that's wow. it. Yeah, because the, the first time we push it, because it's the pandemic, and then we're like, oh, we're so behind on wedding planning anyway. So it was a relief for us. And mm. then this year is, even though we got a vaccine, but my parents, they mm. cannot come. And there's one thing that is crazy happening in China is, you know, my parents, they have to turn in their passport to the government. They don't want it to leave the country. So like, yeah, so right. Because for us, it's like we want our wedding to be a celebration with our family, with mm-hmm. people who we love. And then it will be really bummed that my parents cannot make it. So yeah, we pushed right. it. But even now, looking at the July, I'm not sure. But fingers <sighs> across, they can yeah. come. So mm. how do you feel about just like wedding traditions? Like as someone that, you know, you've said that you're not as traditional. Like, are you, do you want to wear the big white dress? Are you going to take his last name? Like, where do you stand with that stuff? Wedding traditions are so stupid. Like, so I feel dumb. Like, <laughs> 
dumb, so dumb. And then to be honest, like this, okay, this engagement ring thing. Like I never had a thing with engagement ring. Was no, like, why do you really? spend that? I was like, why do you spend that much money on this <laughs> ring? So yeah, there's so many levels of things I don't get it. Like I, okay, I think have a nice piece of jewelry is nice, but then is it worth that much money? Right. Like mm-hmm. like salary. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, and we can have a really nice honeymoon, make it nicer, right? And then also, why is supposed to be a surprise? Like I feel like it's very <laughs> weird. Or like you're supposed to be a surprise because, like I don't know, like just like if somebody's going to propose to me, because nobody says no really when the guy proposed, right? So you just gave so much power. Well, you well. yes. <laughs> oh, Okay, you did. I sure have. <laughs> I mean, I, because it was a surprise. You were surprised, but I shouldn't hear be what you're saying, Bernice. It's like if you're building a life with someone, why would it be a surprise that, that you're going to like build a life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're giving the guy the the control of when to propose, mm-hmm. yes or no, whether to propose. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I, I want to get married, and like, let's get married. So there's that right. already, and then spending so much time. Oh, okay. So the the part like we were going to have a Chinese wedding and a marriage. When because my mom needs to get her money back, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's the like, the thing. But for Chinese wedding, it's very easy because there is mm-hmm. a company that does this package. You show up, they bring out the package. Says, okay, where everything. do you want it to be? Yeah, they do everything. You can have twelve dresses on the day of your wedding. You rent them, and so you do costume change. So it's much less costly, and your guest will give you money. So it's less work. You don't have mm-hmm. to plan so far ahead and the cost less you you ended up with more money but American <laughs> wedding you have to like every guest you invite the more you invite the money the more you cost yes. it's a loss for you I don't get that part yes so, I just as someone that's never been to a Chinese wedding because I get like in American weddings you give a gift but you have to pay for like the whole thing for the person how is it different in terms of making this money. Like, you fucking gonna... make money from Chinese oh, weddings. Yeah. That's oh, like, yeah. like the best part. Is your cost just like way low that you don't have any? or Because your guests give you so much fucking money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's like yeah. way more than... Oh, okay, oh, got yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Depending on their relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a little competitive too. It's like, I think a lot of them at the new year, but then I think at a wedding, they they keep track of how much money they gave. And that's kind of, if it's <laughs> oh too, too little, it's like, it's supposed to, like, it make you lose face. Yeah. It's a yes. thing. Ah, yeah. there's like a status. Interesting. There is a status. At Chinese weddings, they hire someone to come around to collect the red envelopes. <gasps> yeah. And oh they come God. around with a sheet, write your name and how much you gave. <gasps> oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Okay, so it's just like a lot more out of the open than at the U.S. weddings. And the closer you are to the the family of the bride and groom, the more money you give. And you could give up to like – some people get like $10,000, $20,000. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. So you yeah. couples love having weddings in China because you fucking make money. Wow. <laughs> but in the U.S., it's the reverse. You go in debt. Because it yeah. costs so much to throw them Because it's so also. expensive. Yeah. yeah. So were you going to take his last name? Like how do you feel about those traditions? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I never really plan to take the last name. Um, yeah, oh, there's a because I feel first of all taking the last name is just is is weird for me because in 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 Chinese family we never change the last name. Oh, okay. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. knows like mm-hmm. we don't change it, and so to me just naturally, okay, life is hard. The less I need to do, the better, right? Like <laughs> I mean, I mean, why do I have to be the one to go to all the credit yes. cards, yeah. license to, to change all that? Like, and also feel like. 
not saying the divorce, but I always like you got to talk about everything. So oh, yeah. then putting all the work on the women. That's yeah. also yeah. And for me, I don't want to walk around as Bernie's right guard. I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like I mean I walk around and show hey I'm Bernice Rygaard I'm just like show me your ID and then just life is too hard you know and I was yeah I was talking about if I apply for a job right like they see my resume like Bernice Rygaard they don't even know I'm a diversity hire it's true yeah yeah yeah. and I was a hiring manager I was a hiring manager you know company too like I know it we need to have a diversity hire we want women okay diversity they they see your last name they're like nah just another white lady yeah yeah That's such a good point. While we're at it, because you're so hilarious, can you just do a quick bit from your Shengnu uh, stand up? Uh-huh. Just a just a quick bit. What what you said about it? Okay. Well, I mean, I would try to just like, talking to you guys because otherwise, my I don't know how they sound, right? Like, yeah. um, but you guys already know, like in China, women over thirty were called Shengnu, leftover women, and uh, you know, I guess you know, turning around, I think uh, I am like leftover pizza. <laughs> Yeah, delicious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and cold. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I am a cold heart bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Oh, you're so, the best. <laughs> for the people that this is resonating with, like the people that are like, I do feel that pressure. I don't want to feel that pressure. What's some advice you have for them to kind of get out of their own heads that like they have to do all this stuff by 30? Okay, so I'm trying to see what the way... Okay, so the thing that I come up for myself is I was like, you know, if you are... Just think about like that very unique... A special designer hand, handbag on the shelf, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the the more unique, the more special you are, the longer you will take to sell because you need to find <laughs> that um, special buyer who see that click with you. But if you just a very generic, like a um, mass fast fashion. Yeah, you will sell very quickly. But then, like, just hold on to your own. Like, be you, be the special you. And then when you have that special buyer find you, you will take longer, but it will be better. So that's kind of what I, I come up with. That. You know what? I definitely, this might be, like, a convenient theory for you. But I remember, like, looking up on, like, Google and seeing there was a stat that, you know, more intelligent women tended mm-hmm. to stay single longer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there is some, I think there is some truth of this, like, more complex people sometimes it does take longer Mm -hmm. than you know like if it's more just like I'm gonna go with what I know is a tradition and do the thing that I've always been told to do I think the more you overthink things and think about like what is it I really want that might you know change the trajectory and then uh, the other thing I think about is like you know at the end of the day your own happiness is the most important thing Mm -hmm. your grandparents they die your parents (laughs) they die (laughs) oh my god so true your friends they die like so you you got to leave for yourself. <laughs> well, that's a great segue to takeaways because I don't, <laughs> everybody dies. That was my takeaway. Everybody dies. <laughs> I mean, I think like what I'm getting from this is so much of this is sexist and misogynist too. So I think we really need to like break away where so much of this is coming from before we feel bad about our situations. 
it's so easy to just be like, I should do this or I shouldn't do this because that's what you're being fed. But taking that second to think of like, what is it I actually really want and what really will make me happy? We have that luxury. I love that we were talking about the different generations and how different generations maybe didn't have that luxury. But in this day and age, we do. So I think there's no shame in holding out. I think if anything, we should be applauded for holding out to find someone that meets our needs, not shamed for it in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, my takeaway is you just got to do you. The traditions <laughs> yeah. were there for a reason. Yes, they worked for our ancestors. It does not mean that they work for us. We can fully respect and embrace traditions. It does not mean we need to carry out the traditions for our own lives. It's good to know where we came from. That's always great to know our family history. But moving forward, know that you have the power to change it for future generations to come. So hearing this conversation, I'm completely inspired by the fact that you can create a life that's completely different than what you thought it would be, but you created it. And that is absolutely okay. Also, just everything is normal. Whatever you're going (laughs) through right now, it's just meant to be. It's normal. If you're married, it's normal. If you're not married, that's normal. Right. Because that's your life. And I've really felt that since moving to the States, putting the focus on myself has been a really hard thing to do. But also one of the most enlightening things to do is that I'm not on, I was not put on this earth to please other people. I was put on this earth to live my best life mm-hmm. and to be happy. And I can choose that happiness without being the shadows of other people's ex- expectations. Because if you saw in our example, the more you try to please other people, nobody gets <laughs> pleased. At the end yes. of the day, nobody's happy. <laughs> So focus on yourself, focus on yourself. And Bernice, you talking about your parents being so happy now because they're finally focusing Mm -hmm. on themselves. That makes you so happy. So that's like such a win-win situation. So I really feel like we can all take that stand and say, I'm going to focus on my own happiness first. My very last takeaway is the more we can study about other cultures and how they view dating, love, Mm. and sex, the more it puts a different perspective on how we view our own lives. So I really hope that this conversation was able to shed some light for some of our listeners on what they're going through and maybe some new epiphanies or learnings because we can always learn from each other and we can just keep this conversation going all the time. Just to add really quick, I think you touched something really important that, you know, there's nothing wrong with being single. There's nothing wrong with being in a relationship. It's funny that you're getting like booed for being engaged. Now. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. I think, I think we, we a lot of times like make our identity around a relationship, like mm-hmm. either being in a relationship or not being in one. And I feel like like everything else in life, it's a season and things change. It's not that you're always going to be single. And if you're in a relationship, you may become single again. I think it's how can you be you and adapt to those different stages. And there's positives and negatives in every stage of life. I think like, you know, as someone that's now in a relationship, like I love being with my partner and being so happy with him. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I just wish I had that like Friday night that I could do nothing and veg out that I used to have like all that flexibility. Mm -hmm. So I think there's always a positive and negative to every thing. And it's up to us to not just get bogged down in the negatives. For sure. So Bernice, what did you learn from us? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what are your takeaways from us? <laughs> I don't like so so much takeaway in the sense of like because for me this whole cultural perspective. I mean, like I really resonate with what you were saying here. With like the more we learn other culture, the more we have perspective. And then like、mm-hmm. the thing is about accepting all this are not normal, right? Like I think the the part is like. We're getting into a world where more and more of what's right, what's wrong, what's black,、mm. and what's right. And then the thing, if we're really trying to create an understanding, and then like I feel like we're all one, and we're、mm. there's different ways we should support. They're all normal, whether traditional or new, because、yeah. um yeah. So that's number one. Should the other thing that came up? Oh, what Julie was saying, the identity. I feel、mm-hmm. like sometimes we mix labels with our identity.、Mm-hmm. We we associate ourselves with all kinds of labels. Oh, we're single. We're in a relationship. I'm Asian, and then I'm like, you know, I'm straight. I'm gay. We associate our identity with the labels, but in fact, it's really about being who we are. Because、mm-hmm. there are times you might lose that label, and then you don't want to lose your identity. And、right. I feel like, yeah, so well put. I think that's about. I also think there. Needs to be holidays and events for single people. Like it isn't fair that you give all these gifts and money to everyone else, and you, you don't know, China, ever have a single stay. Good. <laughs> Yeah, shopping, but, but it's, it's all shopping. shopping. <laughs> <laughs> the other like big takeaway to like wrap this up though is you know it's usually not coming from a bad place when your parents are really in your business. That's true. It's coming、mm-hmm. from a place of wanting the best for you. Do they know what's always the best for you? Probably not, considering we're in a different world. But I think that is where it's coming from. So I guess、mm-hmm. last question for you, Bernie, is like if you do have a nosy parent. Especially as the holidays roll in,、mm. like what's what's like one tip to kind of get them off their back <laughs> about their relation about your relationship status? Oh, in, in just imagine hypothetically speaking, I have a、yeah. very you know the thing is for me it's easy. Okay, well, because like you know in China you can say whatever because like they don't have social media, they don't have like you can fake a lot of things. <laughs> 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 so, just know, tell they, them you have they can't they, they cannot cross check they can't. Like you send a picture, oh, I'm with this guy, blah blah. blah. You know, it's like you you survive one holiday, the next holiday you break up. No, you know it's easy, you know. So <laughs> just break up January first, no big、yes. deal. Yeah, just survive、Rachel、one. It's a partner. I think we should start that service. <laughs> <laughs> Hire a boyfriend for a holiday. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. I, that exists. Send us your photo. We'll Photoshop the man. It's only twenty five dollars. I'm just kidding. And, and add a Dog too, at a dog. Exactly. Oh, always. Yeah. Well, didn't you? You like didn't correct your grandfather for thinking that like Mojo was your kid, not your yeah, dog. Yeah, my <laughs> grandfather passed away thinking that I was married with a with a son, and that's oh my god. <laughs> and I nobody corrected him. They were like, yeah, my son being a furball, like he is a he's a dog. <laughs> But my grandpa says something to my my dad like, how's her rambunctious son or something like that? And my dad's like, good. Oh my god, it's a good boy. Technically, not a lie, just not the truth either. <laughs> 
you know, sometimes, you know, for our grandparents' generation, yeah, let's yeah. just keep them in the bubble. <laughs> right, yeah. right. They're like, at least they die happy, you know, like yeah, feel exactly. Yeah. They yeah. die exactly. happy. So, Bernice, for people who want to see you either live in person or online, where is a good place for them to find out more about you? Um, awesome. Yeah. So, I, I put a lot of um, my, my schedule shows and some of the contents on Instagram. Uh, it's at Bernice Comedy. And then I talk about cultural stuff on TikTok. It's also at Bernice Comedy. Uh, I am doing a tour. Like, so I'm yeah. taking the RV from Seattle, drive down the coast and to San Francisco, LA, Ooh, San Diego. Nice. So on my website, I will list all the shows and the tour schedules at Bernicea.com. Oh, we are totally going to meet when you roll through San Francisco and LA. Oh, you okay? Yeah. I'll hit you both then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we're going to be friends. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait. I can't wait to hang out. That's It's going to be so much fun <laughs> yeah i'm gonna get all everybody everybody's gonna come <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much again for this conversation you are just as smart as you are hilarious so <laughs> your fiance is very lucky man Aww, um, yeah, tell him that yeah <laughs> but he can listen <laughs> I, will play, I will play this part of the podcast yeah, to exactly him. <laughs> yeah it'd be like surprise honey <laughs> you know um for all of our listeners it we also feel the love when you give us five stars in Apple Podcasts and give us a nice little review. It just makes our day. And we know that you, if you're enjoying this content, you know, show us show us a little validation, <laughs> if you will. We really appreciate it. And with that said, we're going to wrap up this episode. Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 